0: right to be read podcast episode number 31 interview with tai nguyen
1: you are listening to the right to be read podcast and this is your host ani alexander
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Right to Be Read podcast. I'm Annie Alexander, and I'm really happy that you are here to listen to my show. Today, I'm opening a completely new page for the podcast. The Right to Be Read podcast from now on will be featuring listener interviews. It means that starting from today, you will become part of the show. And if you would like to be interviewed by me for the podcast and Share your story, just shoot me an email at Annie, ani at anialexander and write why do you think that you should be interviewed for the show? I will periodically select Li- some listeners, and we will have a really nice chat together. T- today, actually, is the very first Write to Be Read podcast listener interview, which I'm really happy to present. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Write to Be Right podcast, the podcast that inspires and encourages writers. Today, we're having a bit of a different interview. This time, I'm talking to someone who's too diverse so i have never met someone who's done so many different things at the same time so he's a five-star chef he's international kickboxer he's a speaker a coach and now he started writing his very first book so what we will be covering today we will be talking to someone who's just started writing his first book and try to find out um you know how is his journey and why did he decide to write a book so we will be basically starting from scratch but before that let's meet Dain Guen and um, ask him to tell his story and see who he is and how come he's done so many different things.
1: Uh, Annie thank you so much for having me on I know you've had a lot of very well-established writers and authors and and, uh, to have someone who's very new in the journey, I definitely appreciate the opportunity to share.
0: Yeah, well, you you convinced me, actually, the first time. (laughs) (laughs) I have to be honest and share this story with our listeners. <laughs> the first time uh, Tai wrote me, and I saw his website, which is a really beautiful one, and so what he was doing. I couldn't really relate to because I, in, in, on his website I couldn't really see that he's writing his first book. So I didn't really know how he could relate to me and to write to be read listeners. And then when I got back to him with these um, doubts, he came back to me saying, "Yes, but you never interviewed anyone who hasn't." Written and completed a book, and I'm just, you know, in the middle of the things. And that was the sentence which, conv- which convinced me immediately. So, <laughs> so. Yeah,
1: it's, it's part of the, the hustler in me, Annie. I've been, I've been working so hard to just build the momentum behind it. And, and so that was just, I'm, I'm glad you, you accepted. But, but also, just as I've listened to a lot of podcasts, there are always interviews with very well established entrepreneurs, you know, millionaires, those that have been very successful and at times I feel like it's a little bit difficult to, to connect, you know, it's a little bit intimidating. So personally, I always thought it'd be great just to have someone very early on in the journey. And I'm I'm glad you saw that as well. And I'm glad you agreed uh, to have me on.
0: Well, absolutely. So let's just go back to your story and see uh, who you are and how come you did so many things uh, while you're still so young.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, a lot of it, I, I think, has come out of... What I'm basing the book around is this identity crisis and and sort of an ADD personality that I've grown up with. But um, I was born in Vietnam. My family fled the country after the Vietnam War and we made it to a refugee camp in Indonesia where we stayed for about one year. And from there we got accepted into Australia. And I grew up in Australia. And really that was when the beginning of the identity crisis really uh, begun to, to really take place, you know, I've got an Asian appearance, but I grew up in this very Western world. And so I, I rebelled at an early age and went down a path of, of drugs and rebellion and really just struggled to fit in with, I guess, the picture that society paints for us in terms of what we should do with our life. And so as soon as I finished high school, I just wanted to get as far away from home as possible. So I moved over to Canada and I ended up playing a season of uh, of rugby over there, and and got to represent Nova Scotia in the national championships. But then I came back to uh, came back to Australia, and then again was confronted with with society's view of how we should live life, and and so I I, I got a job. I, I worked at the Hilton Hotel as a, as a chef there, and finished my apprenticeship. And then during that time, I. I was always athletic, and and so I started taking up kickboxing on the side and had a couple of amateur fights in Australia and had some success there and got invited to move to Thailand to live and pursue it professionally over there. So I moved over to Thailand and lived there for about a year and a half and got to compete internationally in Singapore in Canada, in Thailand and, and in Australia and also in Fiji. And then after that, I'd always had... Uh, a desire to pursue more education. Deep down, I always had doubts about whether or not I could finish a bachelor's d- d- degree. And and part of that was because of the story that i had been given. As much as I do love my parents, I, I think we're shaped so much by our environment. And a lot of some of the things that my parents said to me really made me doubt my abilities in in education. So I never never pursued college, never pursued university. But while I was living in Thailand, I actually met some uh, some missionaries from Texas. And one of the missionaries was the dean of a, um, of a university, of a college over there, and he invited me to move over to Texas to uh, pursue a bachelor's degree. So I moved over there and finished my bachelor's degree in Texas. And then after that, uh, it was, um, I guess it was a very – a conservative Christian school. And I found myself in this context of traveling around to a lot of different churches and and preaching and speaking at different churches. And while I enjoyed it, a lot of me was doing that out of expectations because I was at this school, I was was, um, involved with a lot of different church groups. And so I found myself doing something out of expectation and not out of an authentic passion and desire that that I had deep down, which was to be a writer. And so it was a big struggle to separate myself from that environment, but that's what I did recently. I I stepped away from that. I moved to Peru to focus on writing my book, and that's where I'm at at the moment, and that's what I'm doing.
0: Oh, okay well so it what you wrote on your website is just a portion of what happened to you so you know the the story is even more vivid than i described okay
1: yeah (laughs) people tell me all the time you, you couldn't make a story like that up and and uh and again, it's, it's so random, but, but I am thankful for all the experiences I've had. And, and again, the opportunity to try and pull together those experiences in a book and share that with people and, and encourage them to, to push through some of the struggles that I went through also.
0: Mm, so do I understand correctly that you moved specifically to Peru to, like, to be, have some isolation and to have all your time dedicated to write the book?
1: yeah absolutely so i was I was living in Texas, and I was presented with all of these different job opportunities to be uh, a minister at a church and and it was so difficult because for the last five years, I was down this path of of studying at at a seminary uh, speaking at, at at different churches and and deep down you know having that struggle that that I just I really wanted just to write just to be a writer and and so I exactly what you said I just to disconnect myself to, to step away from that environment just to think clearly Uh, That was the reason why I moved to Peru.
0: Okay, well, many, many people, uh, and I'm sure some of them are listening to us now, uh, have this dream of having the opportunity to leave everything and go somewhere and just ride. And then life comes uh, across and uh, changes things. And at the end, you know, they they have some financial issues, they have some uh, family issues, etc, etc. And they don't really make this tap. So uh, how are you supporting yourself over there?
1: I've got one website that, that pays and a bit of freelance writing. So uh, per article, I'm getting a little bit. And then there's some copywriting that I do when I need to. It's not the kind of writing that I enjoy doing. So I only mm-hmm. do it when, when necessary. So leading up to moving here, I had a bit of money saved up. And then, of course, I I had my my credit card, and so I've been been feeding off that, and then when I need to, I'll do a little bit of copywriting, and I'll do a little bit of paid writing. So it kind of just balances out, but my main focus, of course, is getting this book done so I can get some income coming through
0: uh, once I I start to sell the book. I see. Well, in that case, it's interesting because now that like the the paid gigs you're doing are also related to writing and, you know, the kickboxing and and the church and uh, the five-star chef and the things like that are not really related to writing. So what led you there?
1: It was was really funny. And, you know, again, I came to that point. Actually, what happened was all of a sudden, I don't know for what reason last year, I kept being confronted with the question of, of death. I guess I was taking a lot of flights uh, to a lot of different churches and speaking. But every time the plane was coming to land, I would find myself asking, okay, if, if I was going to die, would I be happy with, with how I'm living my life? Mm-hmm. And the answer was, was a very sobering and, and sad no. And so I, I really sat down and reflected on life and I thought, you know, what are, what are the things that I'm really passionate about? What are the things that I really value? And looking back on my life, even though I'd done so many different careers, the one thing that was consistent throughout all of that was I'd always kept a journal through everything that I did. And I never saw writing as a viable career just because it was something that I was so used to. I'd write all the time. And so I never saw it as, as this career that you could build something on. And then I just, I wrote this guest post for a a fairly large uh, website and it got picked up straight away. Like I sent it off and it got picked up and, and it just kind of floored me. I thought, wow, people actually like my writing. So the more, (laughs) the more I did that, the more I was getting these guest articles and it's, it's such a rewarding feeling, you know, when, when you write something and people are inspired by that. And I think it's it just it, it really overwhelms me the power of words to to evoke like positive change in people. So as I thought through what am I good at? What am I passionate about? I had it validated through through having my writing picked up by other people. I think it's it's one thing to have something that you're passionate about, but you really got to be realistic and think can I build a career on it. And so when I had these articles picked up, that's when I thought, okay, uh, I'm, maybe I'm on to something, maybe I can build a career on this. And, and that's how it all came to me moving to Peru and focusing on the writing.
0: Amazing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm really, you know, inspired by your story. So uh, what exactly are you writing? Is it a biography, a memoir or a nonfiction book about certain topics? What, what is your book about?
1: It's, it's going to be nonfiction and weaved in a little bit with my story. I think I've got the title down, but it, it may change between now and, and when I finish it. But it's going to be Flip Your Script. So it's going to be focusing on the power of story and how story drives our life. And especially being mindful and intentional about our internal dialogue and our inner commentary. So I shared briefly before about some of the things that my parents said to me that really stuck with me and held me back from ever pursuing an education because I just thought I just wasn't born with with uh, with an intellect or, or the kind of brain that could master uh, university. Mm-hmm. But those are the things that happens to us through our childhood. Like we have this story that fuels our life, whether we're conscious of it or not. And so basically the book is just about stepping away from that story that's driving your life and moving from being a passive observer of that story that's driving your life to an active creator and architect of your life. And again, I weave in my story through, uh, through the whole book and, and things that I've learned and, uh, and looking at a lot of research and a lot of neuropsychology and, and neuroplasticity, some of the recent developments there.
0: Mm-hmm, I see. So it's something really motivational and inspirational for, for those who have been in your shoes or who are still in your shoes when uh, you like in the past, I mean, yeah?
1: yeah? Yeah, absolutely. And I want to make it as practical as, as possible and really validate it through. Uh, I mean, I love, I love science. I love all of the research and validation that we can get through that as well. So pulling in those elements into the book as well part memoir part you know science and and a lot of practicality in it
0: Mm -hmm, I see so can you share with us do you have any writing routine like you you went there specifically to concentrate on writing so do you have any specific schedule for writing or you know how, how the writing process goes for you
1: yeah, yeah, and I came across some some really good stuff recently that I'm excited to share. But my typical routine, I get up really early. I get up at about 5 o'clock in the morning and go for a jog. There's a, a beautiful mountain close by to where I stay in this ancient Incan ruin. Mm-hmm. And so I go for a jog up there and then do a bit of meditation, just clear my mind there, and then I come back and uh, and do a little bit of writing. And I stumbled upon this book called... The artist's way. I don't know if you're yeah. familiar with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so she's got the morning pages practice in there. So I started doing that. Typically I'd come back and, and just start writing, but now I've been doing the morning pages where you're just flow of consciousness writing for about three pages, just just writing out everything that's going through your mind. So I do that and then I sit down and I write till about uh, ten thirty. Then I take a walk down to the market, get a little bit of food come back, sit down, I write again until I guess about 3.30, 4.30, go for another walk, make sure I get outside and just spend a bit of time out in the sun. But those two practices, what I incorporated in the morning are the morning pages where you're just writing three pages of, of flow of consciousness writing. And I, I kind of calculated and it averaged out to be about 800 words when you do three pages Mm-hmm. But then in the, the evenings, what I've started to do is what I call like just a daily rant where same sort of thing. I'm just ranting about anything. Usually it's something related to my book, but I, I do it on the computer this time. So I do 1,000 words of just flow of consciousness writing, any ideas that are coming in, trying to think through uh, ideas. And And what I've realized is that it's just creating, I guess, more like muscle memory for me when I sit down so uh, I'm used to being able to sit down and the muscles are just used to typing out a thousand words as quick as possible Mm -hmm. and and once once the muscle memory is there I think that's when later you can pull in the content and and that's been really helpful that even though when I sit down and and write 1000 words even though the content isn't there later on when I sit down and I intentionally try to pull in the content, it's much easier because I've built in the habit of sitting down and just typing out a whole bunch of words.
0: Okay. So just like people are working out their, you know, their body, you're working out your creative writing, uh, you know, muscle, let's say.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's a great uh, comparison just to, to build that muscle of sitting down and writing. So in the morning, I'm smashing out just 800 words as quick as I can, um, pen on paper, and then in the evening, 1,000 words. And then throughout the day, I feel like it becomes easier for me to actually sit down and write because I'm not having to force that muscle of of mm-hmm. writing out.
0: Uh-huh. And what is um, the most uh, pleasant part of the writing? What do you enjoy most?
1: I think it's those those patches of inspired writing when I've I've broken my book up into uh, I've I've got the whole outline and and the way that I found it helpful really recently is to look at it in very small chunks and so almost as if I'm writing a blog post for for my site or or for a different site so I'll take these little chunks and sometimes you just get on this chunk of inspired writing where it just flows and it just it comes out so freely Mm -hmm. Uh, and those are the parts where it's just it's so enjoyable. And even though you know you have some of the chapters and the sections that are a little more difficult, even though they're enjoyable, I think the times of of absolute flow when everything is just freely coming out uh, and, and you've got that smile on your face the whole time that you're typing, <laughs> uh, those parts are amazing.
0: And um, let's go to the opposite. Uh, what kind of struggles do you have? What's the most difficult part for you in writing a book?
1: Uh, it's... It's probably been following the structure, like continually coming across new information that's so tempting to pull in and going off on rabbit trails. I think that's why it's so helpful to have that original framework and outline to go back to because really I think as, as writers, we have a sense of curiosity and that can pull us into so many different directions. And, and for me, that's been difficult. I thought, oh, this is great. Maybe I'll incorporate this into the book and I find myself going down a rabbit trail that pulls me away from the core and the structure of what I originally planned to do. So I think that's been the most difficult thing is just to, to harness your curiosity and keep it in check. Keep going back to the structure of your book and say, okay, don't stray too far from this.
0: Uh huh, I see. And um, so, h- how long have you been writing this book? When did you start?
1: I actually started it probably in February of this year, and then I kind of put it to the side a little uh, to focus on some um, some marketing sc- strategies. I guess I didn't want to have like this massive focus on marketing once the book was done. And, and so, what I've been doing is. I put it aside to really focus on guest posting and and building that audience cuz my plan is once the book is done to to have somewhat of an audience already. I don't want to finish this book and have no audience to to sell to and then have to put more energy into marketing. So my strategy was I put the book to the side um and only focused it on on it recently because I've been working on on building I guess my name in the writing world, reaching out to a lot of people, writing a ton of guest posts, focusing on my website to at least have some sort of an audience. So while I started it, I think in February, I put it to the side until um, probably about June and then I've just picked it up recently and focused on it again and really the plan is to get it done by um, October or November.
0: October of November. Okay. And so what are your I mean, uh, how do you imagine things? Let's say in October, you have it? Uh, well, I, I presume the f- it's uh, the first draft we're talking about, right? F- mm-hmm. First, yeah. com- complete draft. So you're you're finishing it in October. And how do you imagine your next steps? What do you do with it after that?
1: Well, I've, I've, I met an editor recently that's willing to, uh, to work for, a I guess, a, a discounted rate mm-hmm. because she's, she's kind of new in her career. And it was kind of funny how we met on a plane and it was a, a random meeting as well. But she's agreed to help me with that. So I know that area is taken care of. Mm-hmm. Um, once it's done, uh, I've definitely got a, a few mentors, published authors that are going to help me uh, through that whole process. I think I'm going to go down um, the uh, the self-published route even though I've had opportunities to connect with uh, traditional publishing houses. It seems like a lot of people that I've talked to have, have said for your first book it's probably uh, a better better choice to go self-published. So chances are I'll go down that route, get it on on Kindle, on Amazon and then through all of the guest posting that I've done I've, I've built relationships with probably about 8 or 9 different websites that I've guest posted for and and obviously when you guest post you get links mm-hmm. to um your social media or whatever you want but I'm going to put a direct link to the book um through these these guest posting sites that I've built relationships with so that's the plan once it's done to to have this audience already built up to have these avenues that I can immediately sell the book to so I don't have to have a a heavy marketing strategy.
0: There are many authors now who are organizing a special book launch events and things like that for, for the first week of when the book is out. Do you have any specific plans about that? Because you mentioned Kindle and in Amazon, it's about, uh, you know, having uh, sales and reviews in a short period of time, it's like a concentrated period of two, three days. Yeah. So uh, many people People are trying to get this momentum because once you have it, then the Amazon itself helps you a lot by pushing you up. So do you you have any plans in place? Maybe, I don't know, maybe having all the the guests, writing another round of guest posts for these sites and asking them to put it in the same time or something.
1: I don't know. No, absolutely. That that was exactly the plan. I'm going to have a whole bunch of, of guest posts ready to submit around the same time that the, the book comes. And so hopefully uh, I'll, I'll have conversations with the, the senior editors to have them uh, make the post go live within the space of a few days. So if, if I can get seven or eight guest posts to these different sites and say, hey, can you make them go live on, say, October the 28th to October the 30th? That's going to increase the chances of the direct links back to Amazon uh, to purchase them, and also the other thing at the moment is really building some strong relationships with people that have commented on articles, uh, really reaching out to them on Twitter because I'm I'm trying to build say a hundred people for for I guess a, a launch team that will that will help me out with uh, with purchasing and reviewing the book also.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. I see yeah. what you mean mhm well you you have a decent plan in place, actually, <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, you've covered... hey,
1: I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be picking your brain when it gets closer to that time as well and...
0: well I, absolutely no problem with that, <laughs> yeah, sure,
1: yeah, I'll be sending you quite a few emails, don't worry. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, no problem with that. Uh, so what actually keeps you move forward? Because I know that many, many writers, well, actually, everyone has uh, difficult days when they don't really like what they've written at that point, certain point, when they feel a bit down. And you know, when they don't really believe that everything's going to work out and on those you know really really cloudy days you kind of end up thinking that maybe this is not really for you and and then of course everything comes back and you keep on writing and things become better but what exactly helps you in those difficult times to follow up and continue writing
1: yeah it, it definitely hasn't been easy there's always the temptation you know of of the the career that I left, the, the the paying job that I left, the safe job that I left, all of that creeps in so often that oh, what are you doing? You're you're almost broke here, and, and you left such a great situation. And and ultimately, I think it it just comes down to to just doing what what you love. I think if you truly and absolutely love the process of writing you 've got to see the the inherent value in simply writing and and I guess detaching more from the outcome and the results, even though that's important. I think if you're able to find joy in simply sitting down and writing, you're in a good place and if you haven't found that joy maybe maybe writing isn't the the, the thing for you. And I, I know that that may sound presumptuous of, of me to say, but I think, I think in anything that you do, even though it's difficult, if you can find the joy in the very simple act of, of writing, for me, that's been really helpful amidst all of the doubt, all of the certainty. Ultimately, I just, Annie, I just love writing. And, and for me, that's enough. And even though I do have big dreams and big hopes and big aspirations Ultimately, I think if you can boil it down to your love of writing and nothing else, then you're in a pretty good place.
0: Yeah, well, absolutely. You know, I I totally agree. And uh, I also always say that no matter what happens next, I at least enjoyed this process of writing and, you know, the time I spent to write the book, I totally enjoyed that and it was a really nice and pleasant experience so that itself is something that you already achieved and no one can take it away from you so um, apparently that's that's really uh, like uh, I don't know I guess writers think alike or feel feel alike <laughs> I don't
1: know. Yeah. no I think so I think so
0: okay but uh, the way you described it it sounded like a pretty lonely process. Do you like meet people or, you know, distract yourself from writing once in a while?
1: <laughs> you know, the, the funny thing is I I came from a career that was all about extroversion and about being, you know, very social and very sort of loud and, and opinionated and out there. And, and I realized that you know that that wasn't me i'm a huge, huge introvert and i I honestly just love being by myself and love being a hermit and Of course, there are times that I do get a little bit lonely but but that's when it's kind of fun for me to walk down to the market and and try my my bad spanish and and have a few conversations like that. but I mean overall, I think the writing life suits me perfectly because i just I love being alone. I love just just trying to craft words and 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 shape them and put them together and and just be just be alone. I know that sounds maybe a little uh, a little strange but but I think the writing life suits me perfectly.
0: Okay, so this is something you're planning to do for the rest of your life?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think one of the advantages I've had with the sporadic lifestyle is that I've been able to try a lot of different things. And ultimately, with that big, big question of, you know, if if I was going to die, that really forced me to think through, okay, well, what am I really going to commit myself to completely? What am I really passionate about? And and I do absolutely, I realized I just, I love writing. It's been something I've done all my life. And and so I, I absolutely plan on it being something that I build the rest of my life on.
0: And it will be only non-fiction or we may see your fiction books too later on.
1: <laughs> you know, I started researching and, and trying to study uh, fiction writing, but I think you'll agree, fiction's like a whole different animal. And, and the and, and as I was researching it, sorry, you're going to say something?
0: Uh, no, I was just, you know, I recalled, I had many conversations with different people and I... I I don't really believe that people can learn writing, especially fiction writing. So they can learn about different techniques or novel structure or things like that. But I think that the more you study, the more is the risk that you're going to become a standard writer who writes like the others. So mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm more for knowing less in terms of, you know, the things that the traditional things that people teach about writing. So you have, you know, better chance to differentiate and write something that hasn't been written yet. So that's and I'm talking about fiction here, because with nonfiction, it's a bit different. But that's why I mean, I don't really know if someone should study creative writing if he wants to write fiction I'm not really that convinced because uh, I believe that people should study the basics of self-publishing for example or you know the book marketing or you know uh, how to uh, different techniques of how to sell books because these days that's the main responsibility of the writer himself even if you're traditionally published you still have uh, things to do with the marketing so that yes but uh creative writing by itself i i don't know i'm not sure (laughs) Mm.
1: no that's that's a good point because i've I've gotten really intimidated by every i guess book and and uh and advice that i've gotten on creative and and fiction so maybe it is better that i steer away from that if i intend to go down that path but i mean it's it's something i'm definitely interested in books like uh like the alchemist where Mm -hmm. it it meshes in a, a story with with inspirational, motivational life advice, yeah. life story, that would be something I'm definitely interested in. So, so who knows? I, I've definitely, uh, my heart is, is definitely interested in it. So uh, I hope so. I hope so.
0: Okay, so apparently, um, sooner or later, we're going to see your name on a cover of a book—at least this one. <laughs> so I hope, I hope so. So around October, I'll I'll keep you accountable. So I'll, I'll I'll write you an email in October saying, "Where is your book? I want to see it." <laughs> so
1: I appreciate it.
0: So, you know, don't don't get too relaxed over there. And uh, I hope that, uh, you know, your story inspired and encouraged our listeners, because you're basically, uh, you know, one of them. And the situation you're in, like you're writing your very first book, and you don't have the experience of writing books yet, but you have the plan in place, and you're in the middle of the process. Uh, I think many will relate with you and I really hope that um, your story kind of helps them realize that they are not alone in this journey there are many many people who are doing the same thing right now and I really wish you lots of success with this book and with the other ones as well and I'm sure that you won't regret your choice
1: no thank you so much for having me on Annie thank you for all the work that you do in creating this space for 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 writers just to be uh, just to be helped out in their journey. And, and thank you so much for letting me share my journey.
0: Well, I'm, I'm really happy you came over. <laughs> well, this was the very first right to read podcast listener interview. I'm absolutely sure that it inspired and encouraged you. And from now on, as I already told you, if you would like to be part of of the bread to Be Read podcast, and you would like to have your interview coming up soon, just shoot me an email at, ani, A-N-I, at ani.alexander.com Also, if you're just starting writing a book and you need support, advice, and encouragement, as well as a practical action plan, I'm offering a new service, the details of which you can find out at www www.anialexander.com backslash get help. Just go over there and you'll have all the information that you might need. And if you will need any additional details, you can contact me on my email. Well, take care, have a nice day, keep on writing and take action to get closer to your dreams. I'll meet you on Monday when you will get yet another dose of encouragement and inspiration.